to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, this week eight main slate on DraftKings, you know, it's a doozy. All right, we've got five games with a total of over 50. Five games with a total over 50. And we have four running backs in home matchups on teams with implied team totals of over 29 and a quarter. We've got players getting traded left and right in the NFL as the trade deadline approaches, which can both create value as departed players leave targets and touches behind, and other teams are getting new pieces, which throws their current situations into question. So, you know, all in all, I'm super excited to break this slate down, but um, it's, it's going to be a good one. So, uh, as always, we'll go position by position and break down all of our favorite plays for both cash games and GPPs. And finally, at the end of the show, we will close things out with some stacks that could potentially win you a tournament. But before we do any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they could support the pod? You could support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. So go ahead, follow us on there. We greatly appreciate that. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at the DFS Dose. And then you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes if you're not already subscribed at DFS Dose. I mean, if you're probably listening to this right now, it's most likely on either uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. So you just hit that subscribe button. It's right next to the avatar. So just go ahead, do that, and it helps us out a lot. All right. Uh, thank you. Let's get right into our position-by-position position breakdown, starting with quarterback. So this week, at the low end, we have players like Case Keenum in a plus matchup at 5.1K, and we have a loaded mid-tier with with players like Goff, Big Ben, Winston, Dalton, Luck, Rogers, even Mitch Trashbisky, all between 6K and 6.4. So, Jared, I mean, I'll start with you. What do you think about uh, quarterback this week? Who do you like? I'll probably say this one time and one time only ever in my life. I like Case Keenum this week to bounce back. Ooh, okay. Um, All right. Shout out to my boy Chad Kelly for getting drunk and breaking into some uh, some random people's house and getting released. Got his ass beat by, like, a vacuum <laughs> tube. Yeah. What a, you... <laughs> what a mooch. A Crazy vacuum... story. Wait, a vacuum tube, though? I didn't, re- yeah, I didn't so... read up on the story. Yeah, the police report says that he was drunk, broke into this person's house, basically started sitting on their couch and just, like, mumbling gibberish to, like, the guy's wife in the house. And the dude just comes with, like, a vacuum cleaner tube and just starts beating his ass. Like, <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's a hilarious police report. It's crazy. Um, Bro. But I do think what? the best play on the board would be um, Andrew Luck. Okay. That's probably who I might lean towards, but I don't know if I want to pay up. I think... I would argue that Andy Dalton has the best matchup on the board. Yeah, so, I mean, that's something I wanted to ask you guys. Like, so Dalton clearly, you know, laid an egg in primetime. But this game isn't on primetime. It's in the 1 o'clock slate. Um, Do you think Dalton is a good candidate to bounce back at home in a clearly great matchup with a a Tampa Bay defense that has been bad all year and just lost Quan Alexander for the year? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I just like Andrew Luck more. That... As you said earlier, Ben, that Oakland team, they're getting rid of all their good players. Whatever Gruden wants to do, their morale's down. Like they're gonna, they might come out and honestly get completely blown out by Andrew Luck. And yeah. Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck again. He's by far leading in pass attempts, just throwing a ton. 
Uh, T.Y. Hilton's back. Jack Doyle might be back. I mean, luck is, luck is in a real great spot, to be completely honest, this week. My only concern would be that they they drop like 30 points in the first quarter and just run it out the, the second half as this Oakland team collapses in on itself. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of good matchups. Um, Luck obviously has a great matchup against the Raiders. John Gruden is trading everybody. I mean, he's stacking up first round picks, so who knows? We gotta wait to see probably a couple years to see what that team is like. But yeah, I like I like Luck. I also like Dalton, Winston, Case Keenum. They're all they're all in great spots. What about Jared Goff at at 6K? There's obviously a pretty big concern with with Goff that he's going to get vultured at the goal line by by Gurley. But in my opinion, the way that you attack the Packers isn't through the ground, although they they can be beaten on the ground. But, I mean, I think you want to attack them through the air. The Rams are home. Uh, You know, they have a 56.5 over-under in this game. Projected team total of 33, clearly the highest on the slate. Like... You know, Jared Goff at 6K is a value, and he could easily put up four touchdowns. Yeah. In this, in this so, just to talk about Jared Goff for a minute, it's a concern with Gurley because Gurley just gets insane red zone usage. But Jared Goff kind of has some pretty good home and away splits, like for his home games. All right. So, at home, he's averaging more yards per game with 391 passing uh, compared to 239 on the road. He's thrown nine touchdowns to two interceptions at home compared to five touchdowns and three interceptions on the road. He has over a 45 better quarterback rating at home than on the road. 136.5 at home, 91.7 away. Sorry, is this through uh, this year or Yes, three home, okay. three home games so far this year and four away games. He's averaged 31 points at home and 15 points on the road this season alone interesting and he has a 78 percent completion percentage at home and a 62 percentage away um so he's been way better at home than on the road this, this might be another big ben dude Could big be. ben on the road i don't i don't know i think it's too early to call it we have we have years of sample size on big ben and golf i don't even count his jeff fisher time so i'd want to see some more time in the system before we label him yeah. that but i mean it is something to keep an eye on for sure i mean he's had three straight road games as they've traveled to seattle denver and san francisco so i mean that can kind of skew it but before that they had three straight home games where he completely snapped in each game putting up no less than 22 points uh to cap that off with a five touchdown zero interception game against the vikings and then He's only had three touchdowns in the last three games since, and three interceptions. So, I mean, yeah, it's too early to call it, but I think for this season right now, Jared Goff has been a much better quarterback at home. And for 6,000, just to bring it all together, 6,000 for a quarterback that plays lights out at home and a good matchup against the Packers' weak secondary could be cash all day long, probably at low in ownership as well. I, I expect Goff to do well in this spot, and I think that he might be the best play on the board just because of his price. This game I expect to be super high scoring. I don't think that the Packers are going to get blown out by over a touchdown like the you know like the spread says. Um, yeah, they're yeah. bugging. It's a crazy spread to me to be down nine with Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's no way that this game is going to be you know decided by by more than a touchdown. I don't think. I mean, it could be in my opinion. But what do you Jared? think, Jared? No, 
I think it's gonna be a close one. Honestly, I I I honestly think the Rams have I mean a great chance of winning. But I don't see the Packers getting blown out. Rodgers just doesn't honestly get blown out ever. That's kind of what I'm thinking, and and you know we should mention Rodgers as well, who. You know, if this game does shoot out, like I think it has the potential to. I mean, Rodgers is 6.4K, should have to pass a lot. Unlike Goff, doesn't have the threat of the best running back in the league taking all of his touchdowns from inside the 10. So, I mean, I think we have to be, you know, at least considering Aaron Rodgers in this spot. Rodgers is, is in play every week because it honestly doesn't matter who um they're going against because he's just an all-around great quarterback. But the Rams are prone to the big play. So tournament plays, um, if Scantling starts again, or obviously Devonta Adams, great tournament plays. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Peters is locked. I, th- I still think he's a lockdown corner, but he is completely prone to giving up a big play almost every game. So you could get a big play out of him, and Rodgers to Devonta Adams, big plays happen just like that. At 6.4, though, he's kind of in like that weird price range where, like, I'd rather go down right, literally right below him to Luck or Andy Dalton, you know, for yeah. for cheaper salary. He's well, just in sure that weird cash, price range. If Rodgers potentially, I mean, I don't know what his ownership will be, but if, if you can get him at low ownership, I would definitely pay up to be contrarian, you know, stack him with Adams, maybe, uh, you know, Valdez as well if, yeah, just if the other yeah. receivers are out. But I think that Cobb and Allison are both potentially returning this week, so um, – that can make all the options outside of Adams pretty thin, in my opinion. But we could talk about that at receiver. That game should be a shootout, so no doubt. I think. I mean, um, honestly, what do you do with Cobb right now? If he comes back, do you start him? I think they should. I think the Packers should trade Cobb. I mean, the trade deadline is next Tuesday, so it's approaching. Get rid of him. I mean, we're recording this Wednesday night. I have a feeling, like, I think that there are going to be a few more trades than usual this yeah. year. I think the trades are sort of ramping up, so we could see we could see an increase in, in the trades. So that might affect this slate. Just know we're recording on Wednesday night, so if anything happens Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we, we won't be able to cover it on this podcast. We'll, t- we'll tweet about it. But. The deadline's on Tuesday, yeah? Yeah. Tuesday, so things yeah. will definitely be, you know, more and more as the deadline approaches, deals get done, but we're seeing stuff already happen, you know, in this week leading up to it. If you're like if you yeah, if you're listening like it might not affect this slate because some trades might happen after Sunday, seeing as how most of the deals get done on that Monday night or Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon prior to the four o'clock deadline. So, I mean, it might not affect it, but there there could be some moves before the weekend, so Going back to quarterback, the last thing that I think we really have to cover here is, I mean, Patrick Mahomes lights out. He's priced up all the way to 7K, but, I mean, if you look at what he's doing, if you could fit him in, he would be the obvious play just because, I mean, he's thrown for 300 yards in six straight games, four or more touchdowns in four out of seven games. He's just tearing the entire league up. Um I mean, he's a great play, great tournament play, but, I mean, I don't think that there's any way you could get there in cash this week. I mean, do you guys agree, disagree? I wouldn't play him. He's not in play at all. Really? I mean, he's got the, he's got the highest point projection probably. I mean, you would have to think, like, just raw points. Yeah, he's got the highest point total, but, I mean, I'd rather play Kareem Hunt, you know, when we talk about running backs. The Broncos are a bad matchup. I feel like the Broncos come to play. And Mahomes is a hashtag full fade for me. Well, let's get right into it then. And we can start with Kareem Hunt, who's in an amazing matchup at running back. 
um, 7.1K on DraftKings. As we know, Denver's just been getting obliterated on the ground. And Cream Hunt, um, you know, Cream Hunt's been really turning up over these last two weeks, especially uh, over 30 points on DraftKings for two straight weeks. And he's finally starting to get involved in the receiving game. Um, I know a big concern of ours that we talked about on this podcast for the first few weeks of the season, you know, through the first three weeks, he was only averaging one target per game. But since week four, he's now averaging 4.5 targets per game, starting to get used a lot more. I think that might be because Mahomes is starting to see the field better. He's taking less chances, accepting the dump off rather than just trying to force it downfield. Um, so, I mean, Hunt, 4.5 targets per game since week four and, and six targets in each of his last two games. I mean, the price is right. The matchup is right. He's at home, you know, explosive offense. Is there any 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 reason not to play Kareem Hunt? Because if there is, I'm completely missing it. Yeah, there there's no reason, Ben. Absolutely no reason to not play him. And basically this week comes down to, well, it doesn't come down, but are you going to play Gurley or not? Seems like every week comes down to that these days. Honestly, like Gurley, you know, we've talked about him a lot. He's 25 points automatic. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to fade that. But this week... With these running backs that are sitting right at like the seven thousand range, like I might, I might have to pull the trigger and and fade them. You know, I've I've been thinking about that too. I think that fading Gurley and Cash is probably the right move, just because unless some crazy value opens up, it's like to play Gurley. Obviously, it locks in those points for you. He's not a bad play by any stretch. You know, like we said, home favorites. Gurley's just a beast, getting used a ton inside the red zone, but it's like. What are you? What at what price are you paying for him? Especially with so much value, it's not like last week where there were no running backs. You know, there's a ton of running backs in play this week. Yeah. So, um, what are you thinking, Jared, about Gurley this week? So I'm complete. I'm completely fading Gurley this week. Uh, the Packers are actually pretty tough against running backs. Believe it or not, they're the sixth be- best against running backs fantasy wise. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna pay down for. Hunt and probably go to Mixon or James Conner. But again, I don't really like playing James Conner at home. Or uh, Steelers running backs at home. That's just Yeah, me. I'm glad you brought that up because we've talked about that a few times and how just in sort of like a game theory sense with Big Ben's struggles on the road that it makes sense to play Steelers running backs as they may lean a little more heavy on the run in their away matchups. So I, I looked really more into Connor and how he's been doing so far in his home road splits. Not that I put a ton into home road splits, but um, I mean, I think it is worth looking at with players like, you know, Big Ben, who obviously influences the entire Steelers offense. So, but with Connor, I mean, there is a difference. There's a defined difference, right? So he's averaging over just over six points less per game in his home games but I mean that being said he is still averaging over 22 points per game in those home games so it's not like he's been busting at home he's he had his massive games uh you know at home and in this Cleveland matchup which was the week one matchup you know the Steelers played the Browns and that was his monster game where he had like 36 touches uh, over like 30 points on DraftKings, 38.2 points to be exact on DraftKings week one in the same matchup. Two 30-point games in a row the last two weeks and a home favorite. I mean, I think James Conner's a great play this week at, at 7.5K. Conner did have his best game against the Browns week one. He dropped 38.2 points, scored twice, 
had 135 rushing yards. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, I think Hunt and Connor are complete locks, and it really comes down to what you do with your third running back spot on DraftKings. Do you pay for Gurley, which I, I don't think you can this week. Saquon Barkley, again, just a man who's done nothing but put up points, nothing less than 22 DraftKings points. He's kept that streak going all year. Just a dominant, the best running back in the NFL uh, through the pass game this entire season. So, I mean, you could pay up for those guys, but to me, Joe Mixon is is the interesting option. I know, uh, Jared, you mentioned him. Another home running back, home favorite, Mixon, has less reliability in his workload. He's shown the potential to have these, you know, 11 carry games, 13 carry games each of the last two weeks under 15 carries, but, I mean... I mean, Joe Mixon, this should work out. He's in a great matchup against the Bucks, who, like we said earlier, uh, Quan Alexander is now missing uh, the rest of the year. So that should that should help Mixon as well. I'm a big fan of Mixon. I've I've been a big fan of Mixon this year, and I think he's gonna. This could be his coming out his coming out party. You know, this is gonna be the yeah. game where he completely snaps and shows Joey that he's a good running back. So what do you think, Joey, as, as the Joe Mixon? You know, I, I don't know if I should say hater, but no, you, you know, could say hater, hater because that boy is garbage. Straight up. I mean, hasn't gone over 100 yards this season on the ground. The Bucks, a run defense, like we've mentioned on previous podcasts, is the best part of their defense if there is a good part. They're only averaging 68 yards allowed on the, on the ground. Uh, I mean, they're susceptible to pass-catching running backs. I mean, so that could give Mixon value, but I just don't see the hype around this guy. I really don't. Can one of you please explain the hype to me? I mean, it's just Please. it's just like talent, like raw talent. He, he he's got that. I would say. I mean, you can't really debate that. I don't think. I mean, I he mean, he probably would have been a you know first round pick if he didn't have off the field issues coming out of college. He was still taken in the second round despite you know just like massive concerns. Like he didn't just have like a little off the scene. You know, it wasn't just like a little issue. Like it was serious problems and he still got picked really high. Yeah, I mean, I could see it from that perspective, like the talent, but like, bruh, I don't think he's that great of a running back. So I'm not playing him at all. I'll never play him if we're being completely real. I don't know. I don't think he has that great of speed. I mean, he has good vision, I guess, if I had to say one good thing about him. I mean, he he has a good yards per carry average. I'll give him that. I think the best thing that you can say about him this week is his matchup and and the game environment, which should be high scoring. Both of these teams can't really stop. I don't understand the DraftKings rankings because, like, I think that's just going based off the Bucks giving up a lot of points. I don't know. Because if you actually, like, dive deeper into it, like I said, they're only giving up 68 rushing yards per game. <clears throat> they're giving up. One rushing touchdown per game, so I guess he has good tu- a good chance to score a touchdown. I I mean would would give him six points. They're averaging and, the sixth most receiving yards allowed as well um, to running backs. So yeah, that, that probably impacts that. And if Gerald McCoy and Qu- I mean Quan is obviously out, but if McCoy misses again and Vinny Curry, like I don't know what their status is as of Wednesday, but that would be a huge hit to this run defense that's been, you know, a supposed strength of theirs. I would rather just play A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd and Andy Dalton rather than Joe Mixon because yeah. it's like, I don't know. I'm just, I just hate Joe Mixon. I just, I just don't like him, so I guess I'm biased. So <laughs> Joe, <Joey's laughs> if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening, just uh, it's like. I mean, I think I think that's like fine though, because you know you're a hater. 
Jared likes them, and I'm kind of neutral on them. So, you know, nice balance take from us over here at the DFS. Like, I don't know if this is a bold take or not, but, like, Marlon Mack will outscore him. All right, well, let's talk about it then because Marlon Mack is – I think he's bound to be a popular play after he, you know, kind of wrecked the slate last week. He – was limited in practice Wednesday, which is something you definitely have to look at with him. Um, you know, injuries yeah. have been a problem to start his career, but he put up almost 35 points on DraftKings last week, had 19 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown, uh, two catches for 33, and a touchdown through the air as well. So just absolutely smashed last week. And now he's coming to Oakland, um, a team that, like we've said, is pretty much collapsing in on itself. Several veterans speaking out against the coaching staff, you know, top-tier players getting traded left and right. So my biggest thing with this Raiders team is I could see them just have a full-blown meltdown, you know, on the field in response to all of this, you know, locker room drama, in which case I think Marlon Mack would just be a smash play. Do you want to hear a crazy stat? Listen to this closely. Marlon Mack had 126 rushing yards last week. That is higher. Than, I'm talking single game. That is higher than any game that Joe Mixon has had in his in his two years. Fun fact. Damn. They have the same amount of 100-yard rushing games in their career. Hashtag, Man. give me Marlon Mack over Joe Mixon. Certainly getting a price discount. Marlon Mack is 5.4K. He is on the road compared to, to Mixon. I mean, not that it's just a sole debate between these two players, but, I mean, I think the yeah. thing that would improve, you know, Mixon's outlook versus, you know, Max is A, he's home, and B, he has a much more secure role in terms of his workload. Like, Gio Bernard might be returning this week, but when the two of them were together earlier in the year, it was still Mixon's, you know, full backfield, basically. But, uh, I mean, it was only, like, a couple weeks ago that Hines was, like, a borderline cash play getting all the all the receiving work. So if, if the Colts were to somehow, you know, get down, which I don't think is likely, but it's certainly possible, like, I mean, we could see Hines in there. I'm not worried about Wilkins, but, I mean, Hines has, has shown to be a pretty good pass-catching running back yeah. for the Colts. Marlon Mack, if he's out, like, the, the, those touches go to Hines, and – then Heinz would be a great play for value. Um, do you know his price? I don't. I don't know. Um, Thirty-eight hundred against yeah. the Raiders. That's oh, great yeah. value. Oh, yeah. For if, sure. If, 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 if Marlon Max sits, but I'd like, rather play just, Jalen Richard. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I like the Raiders should play. be down, but like, just going back real quick, like Carryon Johnson has more one hundred yard rushing games than Joe Mixon. Chris Carson has more 100-yard rushing games than Joe Mixon. Nick Chubb has one. Joe Mixon has one. All right, like, dude, that dude is trash. So I, I would Damn. rather, I'd, I'd rather play Carryon Johnson over him. Honestly, Damn. this boy doesn't even get the full workload. I'd rather play him. At least I know he might be able to get 100 yards if he gets like 15 plus carries. Yeah, I mean that he could he could certainly do, but um. Going over to what you were saying, Jared, uh, Jalen Richard, 4.2K. Do you like that play? I love that play. Uh, what, what was the stat I saw? Hold on. The Colts are like the second, I think, the second worst or like top five worst against uh, receptions to running backs this year. And Jalen Richard is their pass catching running back. Third. They're allowing the third most third? Okay, receptions. Yeah. Um, and now that Marshawn's on injured reserve, that leaves 
uh, Gruden named Doug Martin as the the starter or whatever, but Jalen Richard's mm-hmm. going to get all the pass catching work. And as Joey said, if they're down, that just ups his value because he's going to catch all the passes out of the backfield. Well, yeah. are we overlooking the muscle hamster? Well, <laughs> you it, know that's I mean, fair, but if I think they're going to be down, going to be a major concern for the muscle yeah. hamster. Yo, what if the Raiders just come out and surprise people and just control that game, run Doug Martin like 25 times, 120 oh, yards, two touchdowns, they win the game, John Gruden gets people off his back. It'd be you one of those know. things where everyone is tweeting like, yo, man, we really know nothing about football. <laughs> but, I mean, about Richard, so in terms of per routes ran – he's being targeted the most out of any running back in the league. He has the highest like target rate for every route that he runs out of the backfield. Um, and he has six or more receptions in four out of the six games that he has played this season. So um, Richard is definitely safe. I, I mean, just looking at the slate, I think Richard is a good play in most weeks. I would say he's cash game viable and, and maybe even like a cash game must. But my concern with him is like by playing him, you are sacrificing the ability to play one of the other elite running backs. Like, I think the value of the running back spot that you're losing with him might outweigh the value yeah. of his price. So that's that's For my major sure. concern with Richard. And, and like, I've, I've hinted at it a little bit. And, like, just my, my whole take on this Raiders thing is, like, full fade. Like, don't play any of the Raiders. Like, Jordy Nelson's going to be super popular. Like, just don't. Just don't do that to yourself. Like, please don't play Martavis Bryant. Just save yourself some money. Just think about it from like a more you know macro perspective. The, like a the, football the Raiders are going to collapse. Yeah, yeah. Like, like not just like who's going to fill in for Amari Cooper's absence. Like, just think about the Raiders as a whole and the, the trouble they're in as an organization. So, that's a good. That's a good way to put it, Ben. Um, I feel like you should do like you should take that into consideration when making lineups. It's just like yeah, matchups are are a big you know, factor in making lineups. But, like, if you're deciding, like, oh, I'm going to play Jalen Richard because Amari Cooper's gone and all this stuff, like, you just have to take a minute, sit back, and just realize that Oakland is trash, okay? It'd just be better to just fade them. And personally, I think this is the week that you should pay up for those running backs. I think there's um, some good low receivers that we're going to talk about that you could play. I mean, it's possible to fit these – top running backs in and just personally the lowest i would go would be probably to Lindsay at 5200 against the chiefs so with Lindsay, like i had him on my list as well he scored 15.9 dk points in the week four matchup between these two teams um that was at home for Lindsay. so um there's that but royce freeman is looking like he may miss this week and if that's the case i mean freeman's averaged 10 rushes per game i don't think that much of that, if any, would go to Devontae Booker. So I think that Lindsey at 5.2K has a pretty realistic chance of getting at least 20 touches. So the concern with him would be, like, in the range of outcomes, I mean, you know what, like 50-50, a Case Keenum meltdown, and, and just them having to abandon the run completely. If they get down and the game script calls for a pass heavy, then that obviously favors Case Keenum and then probably favors Devontae Booker if they had to put a exactly. running back back there. But – Honestly, if I if I was the Broncos, I would rather have Lindsey out on the field even for pass uh, catching work. 
I mean, they've they've given him some opportunities. He's had seven targets two weeks ago against the Rams for 48 yards. So, you know, yeah, that's not six bad. catches, so only one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, missed target. So, I mean, it looks like he's viable in the passing game. So, if I was the Broncos, I would just feature Lindsey and then maybe throw Devontae Booker in there. But, you know, we, we never know what coaches are going to do and if they're going to play certain players. Um, but we can only – make our best judgment on a guy. And I think Lindsey's yeah. in a in a smash spot this week against the Chiefs. I like both the running backs from that game, like we mentioned, Cream Hunt. Um Lindsey's a great play. Yeah, I totally agree with you on Lindsey. Um I think that I would be much more inclined to play him if I were gonna pay down at running back. And, yeah. and I just think that like I would take his potential like sixteen to twenty touches and maybe three or four targets to like Jalen Richard's two rush attempts and like eight targets you know what i mean even though the targets are more valuable you know but i just want to correct myself so the lowest i would go would be all the way down and this is if matt breda is hurt or if Mm. he's he is hurt if he's out i would go down to raheem Mostert at 3800 if i had to if i had to he's in a great matchup against the cardinals and He's actually had some pretty uh, solid games the last two weeks. He's averaged 7.3 yards per carry against Green Bay, and then last week 8.4 yards per carry against the Rams, only on seven attempts, though, 59 yards. He also had four catches. So if Matt Braid is out, they're going to look to feature Mostert. Um, but Braid is a tough dude, so I want to count on him being out. But that's the lowest I would go, just to correct myself. You got anything on Mac or Lindsey or – Mostert, uh, Jared. Yeah, so I love Lindsay this week. Uh, he was one of my top top plays when I first looked at the slate. Oh, uh, that Kansas City defense is just terrible, and I think he could break one. And he could, I think he could go over 100 yards rushing. He's he's pretty explosive, and no like, there's no real like threats on that Kansas City defense. I mean, D four can get pressure, but like, is that gonna stop? Like the run lanes like that, probably not. I think he could be one of the biggest uh, ROIs in this uh, this slate. Daniel Sorensen is returning for them. Not that that should oh. really affect much in the run. Oh game, wow, Daniel Sorensen, super scrub, s- superstar. Um, yeah, su- <laughs> superstar. Yeah. That boy is okay. a scrub. Yeah, that boy's trash. I'll be worried when Eric Berry comes back. And um. What's his face? Justin Houston. Yeah, once they actually get their good players back and not yeah. Daniel Sorensen, <laughs> boy, is garbage. A role um, player at yeah, best. Yeah, good thing he's coming back. Super Bowl bound. <laughs> Sign me up for Lindsay, especially if Sorensen's bum ass is playing. Damn, you saying that's a plus matchup? A plus matchup. I think he might, tru- <laughs> he might truck him a couple times. Yikes. Yeah. All right. So put me down for Lindsay 80-yard game, touchdown, probably two, three catches. About 20 okay. about twenty points. That's um, over three Xen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we're running in a bit long here, so we're going to move on to receivers. But just a couple more names just to toss out there as, you know, just some potential shots. So we've got David Johnson. Uh, Mike McCoy was fired. You know, I think that it'll be a priority for the new offensive coordinator to try and – you know, Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would think that when the dude in front of you gets fired, that you're going to probably try to 
correct the biggest mistakes that player was making, which was, you know, not featuring David Johnson in the past game. Try so, to run him up the middle every play where there's uh, seven people. Yeah, you want to every- you want to send <laughs> one of the most dynamic players in the NFL straight up the gut. Yeah, every play straight up the A gap, bro. <laughs> so you know, DJ should have a shot at at six point seven at home against the Forty ers which aren't a, aren't a great run defense. So I I would be have some tournament interest there. Right below him, Tariq Cohen at five point eight k. You know, Cohen's been lighting it up. We talked about that a ton. So I think that he's got some viability. Shout out um, to Joho going all the way down to 4,800. Yeah. And we got Chris Carson, 4.3. Um, you know, he had a disappointing week uh, his last week in London. But before that, he was doing pretty well. And the Lions, although they did add Snacks Harrison via trade, uh, you know, that should help their run defense. But I, I wouldn't expect that to make a major impact this first week if Harrison even plays. So... Um, you know, Chris Carson at 4.3, maybe potentially, and also uh, Duke Johnson, 3.9K. Um, I know that Joey has a full fade stance on the Brown skill position players uh, at this point, but I think that you have to potentially consider Duke Johnson, especially after he burned a ton of people last week. You know, if Cleveland gets down, he should, ha- he should have a chance at 3.9 to do something. So That's what they said last week and what happened. They got down and he got nothing. So, fast check, well, full I mean, fade. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so sure. He did get 3.5 DK points in, in their week one matchup. Oh, so, that's solid. You know, yeah. Lock him in. You're interested in that three-point <laughs> three point floor, you know. He almost he almost returned value. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and uh, another player who's just uh, the low-key goat um, for taking all of Curse's work last year, we got Trenton Cannon at 3.4K. Bilal Powell was put on IR. So outside of Crowell, who is not going to be catching anything, you know, Cannon should actually have a role on this team but it's like i don't know if you can do it i mean he did have you know four catches for 69 yards last week 11 dk points at 3.4 like in the olden days where you know like 10 points was cool in a cash game like i would consider it but i mean it's probably gonna be a no for me dog sign me up hell nah well, let's transition over here to wide receiver. Um, just jumping off the board at 4.3K, we've got Jermaine Curse. Um, <laughs> Please don't ever say his name on this podcast again. Okay, okay, no, okay, no, but for real, jumping over to wide receiver, how about uh, let's start with who I think may end up being the highest owned wide receiver on the slate, and that's A.J. Green. I'm not sure if that's actually going to be accurate or not, but, I mean, I would expect it to be. My Just because son. of this matchup, this price, his workload. Um, Jared's son, his own flesh and blood, yeah. has over 10 targets uh, in each of the last three weeks, 10, 12, and 14. Um, just in the nut matchup, 8K. I mean, is this is this an A.J. Green 30-point game? Like Yes, he's yes. getting like 67% of the – percent usage or targets or whatever stat that was something insane yep he's getting andy dalton's heart and love and hands and everything right now if you can name one cornerback that's good on the on the uh buccaneers i won't play aj green brent grimes can't name what they don't have all right there you go you said brent grimes yeah all right yeah all right vernon hargraves oh yeah he was supposed to be good two years ago (laughs) (laughs) um I think there's quite a few intriguing options, though. At the top, we got Antonio Brown right above him at 8.5K. We have 
Devontae Adams at 7.9, Mike Evans 7.8 in that same game. Like, what are you guys doing with these players? Devontae Adams is a tournament play. Um, I think Denzel Ward might shadow Juju mostly. So I like AB in tournaments and Mike Evans tournaments. None of them in cash for me. Joey, what are you thinking about those uh, top-tier receivers, Brown, Green, Adams, Evans, OBJ, if you want to put them in there? The, these these receivers from, like, the 8,500 range, AB, to the 6,500 range, and Sanders all have great matchups. So, honestly, yeah. like, like, it's honestly personal preference. I mean, some have better matchups than others, like AJ Green obviously has the best matchup out of anybody, but it's like... You know, you could play whoever you want. Like, personally, I think I'm going towards Green and Sanders. I love Sanders this week against the Chiefs for 6,500. But, like, you can go right up to him for Tyler Boyd for 6,700 in a better matchup at home against the Bucks, who have a terrible pass defense. So it's, like, personal preference, I think. This is more like a meta DFS take, but, like, in situations like this where there are a ton of players in a similar price range and they all have relatively decent matchups and high upside, if you're playing tournaments and you're playing multiple lineups, you're going to be tempted to try and fit a bunch of different combinations of these guys in. And that's not a bad strategy, but it isn't one that I would recommend. I think that in this situation and situations like these, you should try and take a stand. Identify the guys that you think are going to you know, really snap and you know, play different combinations around those players. So, you know, it's it's too difficult to try and get exposure to everyone. So find the guys and then go heavy on them so that if they snap, you have a chance to really, really cash rather than, you know, you might have one high cashing GPP lineup, but you don't really profit because you burn so many other lineups trying to fit every player under the sun in your lineup. So like for me, I'm going to try and take a stand and eliminate uh a lot of these players from my pool but yeah. um but yeah that's just that's just like a general thought yeah that was well said and in my opinion like yeah you can win just by looking at stats and trends and making all these spreadsheets and whatnot like you can win doing that but it's also like if you watch football and you know all these players and their matchups and who they're playing like you know you could just get a feel and you just go with your gut like if you think that mike evans is is a better play than juju then you just play him don't worry about like the matchup or salary or something just it's it's closest week to where you could just be like all right i'll plug him in i think he has a better matchup just go with your gut like don't overthink it hashtag defense kind of matters but also go with your gut um facts so just a couple notes i had because i feel like the game that i'm going to be trying to stack well the two games that i'm that i have the most interest in this week are the packers rams game and the Bucks Bengals game. So I've got a lot of interest in AJ Green. Mike Evans is a good play for sure, but we'll talk in a minute about why I think Chris Godwin is a better play just for his value. Um, I do love Devontae Adams, though, and the Rams have allowed a multiple touchdown receiving game from an individual player in three out of their last five games. And when you're talking about a multiple touchdown wide receiver, like Devontae Adams has to be on the top of the list. He gets a ton of red zone usage. Obviously, he has that upside. He's Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. Um, You know, in his last three games, 14 targets, 12 targets, 16 targets, two games over 30 points. Like, 
and he he's priced down. He was 8.7 before the buy, and now he's 7.9 in a matchup that the Packers are going to have to be passing in. Like, you know, I get Marcus Peters and all, but like Devontae Adams, I think is one of the best plays on the board of, of any position this week. Some good takes, Ben. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I uh I completely agree with you also. So put that out there. I think Devontae Adams is kind of one of the most overlooked receivers in the NFL. Um Yeah, no doubt. It's it's known that he catches touchdowns. Like that's what he does. But he's also putting up yards this year. Devontae Adams has one of the quickest releases. Actually, I think it's the quickest release in the entire league. Like stat wise, I think it's the quickest release in the entire league. Oh. Uh, have to check the next gen stats on that one, but I, I mean, believe I believe it just I from watching it, it. Like this dude is has a, a sick release. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, definitely have to check the stats because I think Odell's up there as well. But yeah, Devonte Adams is overall a great play. I mean, if you're looking at the DraftKings rank, like it says that it's a bad matchup, so you so people might be off him, but it's not a bad matchup Hopefully. at all. And he's Aaron Rodgers' number one target, and it's always beneficial to be Aaron Rodgers number one target and just in like a a, like a theory perspective like when you look at above him and just on the DraftKings site you see Antonio Brown 23rd AJ Green 31st Mike Evans 25th in terms of the matchups and you see Adams at seventh like I think that'll get casual players off of Adams because you'll be like why would I play this guy when all these other guys are in better matchups so it's like that's I mean obviously the more you know skilled and you know, research-driven players are going to look beyond that and see he's a great play. But, I mean, you might get be able to get an edge on some of the field uh, just by, by knowing that about Adams. And on, the, on that same game, on the other side of the ball, Cooper Cup is doubtful to return this week. So I think Woods and Cooks are both great plays. People may be off of Woods after he was chalk and disappointed. But, I mean, even though he disappointed, he didn't have, like, a just – he didn't, like, put up a zero. You know, he was okay. Um you know, 13 points, and he's been pretty consistent. He has the ceiling. And on the Packers secondary, man, like, uh, you know, they've allowed a 40-plus yard touchdown or a 60-yard catch, one of the two of those things, in four out of their last five games. So I think that kind of sets up well for Brandon Cooks to, you know, sort of have, you know, one of those exploding, you know, games that he can have. So I'd, I'd be interested in Cooks, I think, and Woods, you know, maybe both with Jared Goff and, and Fade Gurley in a lineup, but – um, we've talked a lot about these high-priced guys. What are you guys seeing for value at the wide receiver position on this slate? So for this is strictly GPP, and just because I found this this nifty little stat, if uh, Valdez Scantling is starting, he is a great GPP play. He is third in the league in sep- in average separation per route ran. So that's okay. a that's a fun stat for you guys. And he's been producing too. Four point two yards of separation. He's right behind Kiki Cutie and Jakeem Grant. In terms of cash, is there anybody cash game viable? Because we, you know, if we're paying up for all these running backs, we need to save value somewhere. So where can we go in cash to, to save a little bit of salary here at wide receiver? Um, I would say maybe Taylor Gabriel at home against the Jets, fifty one hundred. Could definitely look there. Um, like we mentioned earlier, the Raiders, Jordy Nelson. Uh, he's a wide receiver one, forty seven hundred. Should assume those targets from uh, Cooper, and they should be down. So the game script will call for passing. So I would be more interested in Bryant. Yeah. In cash, though. 
Uh, well, yeah, no, not in cash. But I just, I mean, I'm not going to play Jordy in cash. Jordy hasn't, he's gone over 50 yards one time this season. Like, uh, he might be washed. Like, we might just have to say, it. like, okay. he should get yeah. more targets, but, like, he might be washed at this point. Uh, I mean, Martavis also might be washed, but, I mean, just in terms of, like, at least he's still young. You know, he, he could blaze, blaze by someone. Right now, Bryant is definitely the best receiver on that team, and if he gets more targets, he could produce. But he's definitely going to be that receiver that's under 4,000. We talk about it every week. If you want to win the Millionaire Maker, if you want to become a millionaire, you have to find a receiver under 4,000, and they sit in that 37 to 3,800 range. And Martavis Bryant will be that receiver this week on GPP winning lineups. You heard it here first. Play him in GPPs. Great, great pay down option in a clear game script where you know the Raiders are going to be behind and passing. And it's not like Martavis Bryant is a scrub. Like, yeah, he's had his off the field issues, smoking dope, all that good stuff. But he's still a hell of a player, and if he could put it together, he's a solid option in that passing game. I mean, you know, I'd rather be inclined to play uh, Jared Cook, but just talking about receivers, he will be that receiver on GPP winning lineups. I 100% guarantee it. Uh, you could tweet me if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. So Jordy Nelson is projected to be the fourth highest owned wide receiver on this slate. That is just going to be a heavy, heavy fade yeah. for me. Yeah, like, 100%. I'll have 0%. I'm, I might have zero Raiders this week. I, I might take that stand, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm telling you, Martavis Bryant will be the only Raider that the I have. The only one that. I would consider. The only one I would consider for a GPP, for sure. Because he has the ability to break a touchdown on any play. He's one of the, I would say, few players that has that ability, along with like Tyreek Hill and some other guys. He has that big play ability no matter what. What about... Cortland Sutton at 3.8. If DT or Sanders gets traded. Honestly, yeah, I mean, what about even if they don't get traded? I mean, he's gotten two touchdowns in the last three weeks, but he's yet to put up 10 points. Like, I would definitely not go there and cash. If one of them got traded, I mean, in that case, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all for it. Like, I mean, I think Sutton is super talented. I just don't think that the opportunity is there yet with them with those two guys. Not enough equity in the passing game. For to to be in consideration, I mean definitely. You know, just GPP. As, in terms of dynasty, you know, get this man quickly. Like yeah. this might be the last week to get him because if one of those other guys goes, his price is skyrocketing. So I don't know yeah. if we have any listeners who play dynasty out there, but I mean, I've sent out some offers yeah. to try and get Sutton this week <laughs> because I think I see the price increase coming. I mean, tune tune in for Friday when DT gets traded. So exactly, yeah, and, and in which case at three point eight k, I think that he would instantly shift into you know one of the highest owned players and one of the best plays. They're saying Sanders is more likely to get traded than DT, which is ridiculous. But he probably has. Well, I mean, he has more value though. Like, I mean, he's a better player at this point, so it makes. It's sense. looking like neither of them are getting traded though. So, I mean, one of them's gonna go, <clears throat> and then here comes Cortland Sutton. Um, right under Jordy Nelson, do you have any interest in Sammy Watkins? He's been kind of inconsistent, but, I mean, he is in the most explosive offense in the league, or maybe the second if, if you think the Rams are better than the Chiefs. But, I mean, top two offense, no doubt. Sammy Watkins is underpriced at 4.6, or maybe he's correctly priced, but he has upside. I don't think I would do that in cash, but GPP for sure. Full fade. Yeah. Not about that Watkins life? No. Hell no. What about like Watkins Glen? You ever take a stroll? Never. You know, through the gorgeous? No. Oh, damn. 
I don't like Watkins Glen. Like that's just NASCAR. Like who watches NASCAR? No, bro. They have like some beautiful, you know, nature around there as well. Some orchids. Maybe I should go. Yeah, man. Like maybe I should go check it out. Romantic. I'll I'll go check it out one day. But you know, away from that, I think that Chris Godwin for me is the one wide receiver under 5K that I am very comfortable locking into my cash lineups. I think he's still underpriced. For his role in this offense and his talent, I think he's a super talented dude. But just beyond that, like his role is really starting to increase. We know that Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston haven't been able to click. And if you look at the numbers, Godwin is starting to get more and more involved. He Okay, so through the first five weeks of the season, he was averaging 22.8 routes run per game last week it was all the way up to 45 routes run. So he's getting just way more involved in this offense. The Bengals are, you know, not a good secondary. They struggle against wide receivers. And uh, Godwin leads the Bucks in targets inside of the five, or I'm sorry, inside of the 10-yard line. So, I mean, he's got high potential to score. He's got uh, better chemistry with Winston than than Winston has with Deshaun Jackson, and he has a good matchup, good price. I think there's – a lot of reasons to like Godwin. Yeah, I, I like Godwin this week as well for cash. Um, I like a lot of the Bucks. I like that whole game. I think that's my favorite game to stack mm-hmm. on this slate. Um, just right behind it would be the Packers game. But, yeah, I love Godwin this week just for all the reasons that you said. And I think he's probably the second-best receiver on that team. So um, Let's move on to tight end, though, here. Who do you guys like a tight end? I'll just I'll just say a couple guys because these are this is gonna be my player pool for tight end and it's like three guys all right so mm-hmm. one OJ Howard two CJ Azuma Azuma excuse me and three Jared Cook that that's my player pool for tight end I'll probably I'll probably go down to Uzuma just because he's thirty five hundred and. He would probably fit my lineup the best just for being that low salary, and he has the best matchup. But, like, those are definitely the three guys that I'm Is Cameron Bright missing the game, or, or why, why are we interested in Howard here? I mean, Howard <clears throat> had nine targets last week for 67 yards, and him and Winston definitely have a, a good connection, I feel like. I mean, him and Winston and Bright also have a good connection, but I just, like, O.J. Howard's uh, athleticism more. He's a better pass catcher, in my opinion, and he has the potential to score more points. So that's why I would just rather play him than Cameron Bright. But any uh, any yeah, those, George those Kittle love guys. this week? Any what? George Kittle love, 5.5K. It's too expensive. Number one option in the passing game. I mean, GPP, yeah. 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 Um, but what about what about you, Jared? Who who are you leaning towards? Um, Uzoma, Cook, that's really it. Really, I'm surprised. Um, no Njoku love. Yeah, I don't know. I think I mean Njoku is still you know still super consistent, and I just feel like still super underpriced. His price is going up, but it's going up slowly. I mean, like he missed practice today with a knee injury. Yeah, I like to stay. I like to stay away from. Injuries that involve the knee or ankle. I mean, if you get hit low, it's wraps. And a lot of people are starting, or like, a lot of people hit low. Especially all these corners that can't tackle because they're small. You know? That can't tackle tight ends, yeah. Because tight ends have the best matchups on the field, especially the athletic tight ends like Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz. They have the best matchups because 
a corner is too small to cover him, and a linebacker is usually too slow to cover him. So these they are the main targets that get their knees taken out. You see it all the time. Gronkowski tore his ACL because TJ Ward went low on him. You know, you see it all yeah. the time. And just having that injury designation and missing practice or being limited or well, whatever. He was limited. Yeah, I just that's just something limited. I would stay away from. I don't feel safe enough with that to play that in cash. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I mean, I I kind of disagree. I think that Njoku is one of the better plays on the board. I mean, that is something to take into consideration. But I mean, if he doesn't miss practice and if he starts trending towards full practices by the end of the week, I would have no fear in that. Oh and yeah, plus, yeah. I mean, he's been Mayfield's yeah. best target. He has another positive matchup. I mean, the Bucks matchup last week was the best on the board, but, I mean, Pittsburgh is also not good against tight ends. It should be a pass-heavy game script for Cleveland. And, you know, Njoku is just – he's tied for the second most receptions of any tight end, tied with Travis Kelsey. So um, I would say, actually, Njoku and Kelsey are my my top two plays, Njoku for cash and Kelsey. I mean, we talk about it every single week, these tight ends at the top. People don't play them in GPPs. Um Obviously, I don't think that you can spare that 6.8 in cash games for tight end, but, I mean, GPPs, Kelsey has just, I mean, so much upside. And looking at his recent games against Denver, he's done pretty well. He had one bad game out of his last four where he had one catch for 11 yards and a touchdown. That was his weakest. But other than that, he's gone 7 for 78 and 1, 7 for 133 and 1, and 8 for 101 and 0. But, I mean... Just a pretty good track record against this Denver team. So I like Kelsey quite a bit this week in GPPs. Is it, like, too much of a hot take to say Kareem Hunt, Kelsey, Cook, and Martavis Bryant two double stacks for the Millie Maker winner? I can see that all day. Mm, yeah, maybe. but will, it, will yeah. it happen? Probably not because it's going to be some scrub that starts, like, True biscuit well, again, his doodle. I mean, Jared, Jared Cook and Martavis Bryant are pretty scrubby, you know, a little scrubbish. I mean, so, Jared Cook has had two straight bad games. Um, so he's due for a game, breakout. So, yeah, he's due well, for he, a big game. It's, a, it's well, his the, standard. The thing you have to check, you know you always have to check, did Jared Cook have a good game last week? If the answer is yes, he's out of play. But seeing as he did not, we can at least consider him. Now, it's not a lock because he's still, you know, a scrub. So he could definitely do bad. But Yeah, you know. just by, like, the transitive property, he had a good game week one. <laughs> two bad games. All right. Good game week four. Two bad games. So just Ooh. by that property. Wait, so shout out, shout out to the GPP winner. So he's going for 30 points. So I'm playing. Plug him in. <laughs> I'm playing a bunch of GPPs and double and double tight on Kelsey and Jared Cook all day, every lineup. Nice, and I'm going full fade on uh, the Raiders because they're scoring three points this week. So three um, points with Jared Cook having ten catches and 100 yards. Yeah. So hey, th- you know, honestly, that's fair. That's fair. But let's move on here. Not not too much else to talk about at tight end uh, for defense. You know, are we just scrolling and scrolling and picking per use, or are we got some? Bro, I'm 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 just playing the Browns at twenty one hundred. I don't even care, bro. I don't even care if they give me one point. I'm just you're playing just the fit. Browns on the road at two point one against the Steelers. Yes, that's a steamy take. <laughs> that bro, is I don't even real care. steamy. Why it will you help. just pay two hundred more for the Steelers? Yeah, because be if I pay. All right, all right. So with my lineup construction right now 
if I play the Steelers, I won't be able to fit Emmanuel Sanders in my flex because I'd have a hundred. Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's hear this so, lineup. Let's hear this lineup real quick. Real quick. Jared Goff, Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack, Godwin, AJ Green, Robert Woods, Uzoma, Sanders, Browns defense. Is this cash? Cash. That's tough. I'm trying to fit those three top receivers in, so I have to pay down all the way at defense, and I really don't care about defense. I mean, so, you're probably better off just going down 200 at T.Y. Hilton off Sanders, but, you know, that's not I mean, here nor there. Yeah, I mean, I could play T.Y. Hilton, but I don't want to play him in cash. So Wait, what are the bottom two defenses? Packers and Broncos, and then Bucks, Browns. To me, I mean, if you're going to pay down, like the Steelers are a great, great option. Cleveland has allowed five sacks in three consecutive games. Like, you know, this, this, I could see, you know, TJ Watt having three sacks himself at least, you know, in this game. I, I would, I would love to go Steelers D here. I, mean, I think the Lions are a decent play again. The Lions have been averaging a ton of sacks. Like, if you look at it, they haven't had less than two sacks this year. So, I mean, that's a decent floor at home against Seattle. You know, Wilson loves to scramble, you know, provides opportunity for sex. Um, yeah. I'd probably be looking at those two for cash, either the Lions or the Steelers at 2.4 and 2.3 respectively. I mean, the Browns I mean, played the Steelers at home and got three picks and three inter- three picks and three fumbles and four sacks. And the Browns have um, the best defense in terms of turnovers this season. They're forcing a lot of turnovers, and they're getting a lot of sacks. So I'm just hoping they could put up, like, five points in. So Big Ben was on – finish that sentence? The road. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, no, that that's probably why it happened. Uh, yeah. You know oh, how definitely. it goes. You know how it goes. But, I mean, you know. Hey. The the the, Brown, the Browns had a had a good game on the road against the Bucks. They scored 14 points. Two interceptions, two fumbles, four sacks, and a safety. Um, Jared, who do you like at defense here? I mean, if I'm paying down strictly GPP, I'm taking the I'm taking the Broncos. <laughs> but you guys are savage. Yeah, but my I love the Steelers. I said this to you guys earlier. Mm-hmm. I love the Steelers, and uh, I always love the Ravens. I don't really like going over. Uh, 3k so fortunately there's only two defenses over 3k this week um so interestingly enough i like the colts also obviously because there's a love the colts no one left in oakland anymore except john gruden who can't play football yeah yeah i mean for me i think the colts are a great play they are on the road but i'm you know like i said a few times i'm anticipating a full-blown meltdown out of oakland so colts steelers little bit of interest in the Redskins just because, you know, Eli Manning is completely incompetent. That O-line is, you know, atrocious. And the Giants, as evident by trading Eli Apple and Snacks, they're like, they're they're getting ready for the rebuild. So this is a team that could also lose its heart pretty, pretty soon here. I mean, I think the best defensive play on the board is the Cardinals. Um, they're playing the Niners against CJ Beat Hard. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They had their best game defense-wise against the Niners in San Francisco. Two interceptions, three fumbles, four sacks, and a defensive touchdown, scoring 21 points twenty at 2,900. Um, so that's only a 300 price increase from that same matchup, and they're at home. I love the Cardinals this week. If you could 
fit them in your lineup. All right, guys, let's get to our last segment of the show where we talk about some low-owned stacks that could potentially win you a GPP. Um, Joey, how about you go first this week? All right. You know, I, I got I got the Millie Maker winning stack. <laughs> All right, you heard? Listen closely. Derek Carr, 5,200. We're going crazy this week. Yo. Martavis Bryant, Jared Cook, all right? And you can run it back with Marlon Mack or T.Y. Hillen. Tell me that's not a Millie Maker. Tell me. I'm I'm saying this in terms of the Millie Maker, all right? At GPPs, I like some other stacks like, you know, Case Keenum and all those guys. Uh, Jared Goff, if he's not long, all those guys. I'm saying in terms of the Millie Maker, Derek Carr. Martavis Bryant, Jared Cook, running back with Marlon Mack to get the Colts exposure. That sounds like something that would win the Millionaire Maker. If that comes true, I'm a god. Uh, just like an early glance at ownership, they've got Carr, you know, projected higher than like Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Stafford. Um, oh well, then he might Case not be Keenum. alone. So, <laughs> yeah. So who knows? You know. Who, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's still projected to be low-owned. It, it looks like the ownership is going to be pretty consolidated this week amongst the top, like, five plays, and then everyone else is kind of pretty low. So I think you could definitely get away with that at low ownership. Um, yeah, sure. I, in the in the Millie Maker, I expect him to be under 10% at um, 100% fact. And I will just go next here because, uh, you know, my, my low-owned stack – is just on the other side of that. I think that you stack Andrew Luck with T.Y. Hilton with Marlon Mack and the Colts defense. And, and you know, usually, you know, you aren't going to run a defense with an offensive stack just because, you know, you would think that if the offense, one offense is going to snap, the other offense might do well to keep up. But I'm, like I'm saying a few times, you know, I'm, I'm cl- predicting a – you know, a blowout in this game, but I think it's going to be a hefty blowout. Like, you know, the Colts putting up between 30 and 40 points, the Raiders getting completely, you know, just destroyed, putting up under 10. So I think that Luck could snap to Hilton and then have the second half of the game just go to Marlon Mack and bring it back with the Colts D, don't play any Raiders, and just sail to the money. Um, so that that's mine for the week. Jared, you want to close this out here? Oh, jeez. So I was just looking at something, and then I thought about what you guys would say, so I'm not going to say it. What? Um, Trubisky? He was going to say Trubisky. Yeah, that's a 100%, 100% fact. Trubisky, Cohen, and Taylor Gabriel. It could happen. It could happen. I, mean, I see why you would say that. I mean, <laughs> to just to be real, like Gabriel could easily catch a bomb. Cohen gets like 50 targets a game. And Trubisky gets a lot of rushing yards, some garbage time points. Like, why not? No, I mean you're right. It's that's like a fair stack, but like I just I, I'm 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 getting off this Trubisky train. Like I'm ready to get off. I don't want to be on it. I want to be watching from the sidelines when it crashes and burns. So I I don't want to play any Trubisky honestly. I've never been on a Trubisky train, so never will yeah. be either. Well, so, hop on, guys. It's not a good train. <laughs> Hop I mean, on, the money's he waiting. has won GPPs the last three weeks, so I mean, uh, like, let me give you this week. Can't go G- wrong with playing them. Let me give you this week's GPP winner. Are you ready? 
Well, Joey already did. It's Derek Carr, apparently. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> Trubisky, Cohen, Kareem Hunt, Martavis Bryant, Taylor Gabriel, Travis Kelsey, Jared Cook, Ravens defense, and my narrative of the week, Odell Beckham against Josh Norman. All right, play that lineup, and you got to report back on the Monday show. Yeah, you better lock that in We'll see if you won the million dollars. $20, you just go ahead and waste that $20 on that. that. No, I mean, you know, just throw it in like a $3 single entry, you know. No, no, no. He said that's that's a million maker winner. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So so when I win a million, since Ben had faith in me, I'll toss him some cash. And since you had no faith, you can sit there and uh, Not, you know, who, be who all said sad, I faith, bro. I, I said, I said you had to play it in the millie. Hmm. That's all I yeah, said. But it was your tone, bro. You had yeah, a, a, you had a negative, an tone. unfaithful tone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you don't believe in me. It's yeah, kinda all hurt. right. It's kind of hurtful. I don't <laughs> think any of us are winning the millie maker, so only scrubs win that. Only scrubs play it, but um, wow. you know that's gonna be it for us. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be it for us this week on the DFS Dose podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS Dose. Uh, you can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover, B E N H A U V E R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore. And you could find me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. All right, guys, uh, good luck this week, and uh, hope you win all the money. Yep.